Possible podcasts as we discuss the almost people. I'm Kerr Woodbridge. I'm Peter Bell. I'm Sir Dobson. And I'm Olivia Cottrell. of twists and turns uh, this week. Yes. Uh, uh, certainly lots I didn't see coming. Uh, but we do have to spare some thought for American listeners who unfortunately have had the, uh, Doctor Who put back by a week due to it's, Memorial Weekend. Yes, the Memorial Day weekend, yes. So if you're listening to this a week later than you usually would, well, we hope you had a, a very happy Memorial Day weekend. Uh, you've got some real treats in store. Greetings from the past. (laughs) (laughs) Or if alternatively you're listening and have, by some devious magic of the interwebs, uh, managed to see the episode already, well, uh, we hope you enjoyed it as well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, so yes. Yeah, if you haven't seen the episodes, we hope you aren't listening to this. What are you doing listening to this? (laughs) So, yes, we'll take that for granted. Spoilers, uh, of course, follow. Uh, but yeah, what did you all think of uh, the episode, both the episode, the main body of the episode, and that cliffhanger? <laughs> um, I was pleasantly surprised. I thought it built quite successfully on the previous weeks. Uh, as a two-part story in itself, it was solid, it was dependable. Again, the pacing matched last week in that it was a little slow in places. I think it was fairly obvious where it was going in certain directions. But, of course, the um, yeah, the cliffhanger came out of nowhere. Mm. Um, but I was quite pleased that it wasn't just tacked on. Uh, it was actually part and parcel of the ongoing storyline of the two-parter. So, yeah, uh, colour me pleased. Yeah. Uh, I, I was quite impressed by, rather than it being just one of these things that comes out of nowhere mm. at the end, a bit like, oh, look, it's the crack, or whatever, mm. um, uh, it was actually integrated with the story and it did change the way both you looked on this story and the Doctor's motivation. It sort of explained what he was up to, why he was acting so shifty. And it also cast uh, the whole uh, series so far in a new light uh, in realising that Amy has been um, missing all along. So... Uh, I thought that that was nice how it was much more integrated into the overall story rather than just uh, a scene at the end where Amy was uh, kidnapped, which would be more what I'd I'd have expected. Mm-hmm. I think the problem with the episode is the fact that things we're touching on mostly is the stuff at the end. <laughs> because as an actual two-part story... It really ex- basically explains why uh, story arcs can be problematic in that you essentially write them to fit the arc rather than for any inherent goodness in their story, which I felt was the main issue throughout. That said, there were some good ideas, which I liked. The, the whole Doctor Shift thing, even though it really didn't make any sense, I didn't see it. And I was like, hmm, that's quite, that's quite nice. 
you know, shifting the, and the whole thing. As the internal logic of, of the episode, well, that was, well, innovative. <laughs> Shall we say? I, I, I did get the impression that uh, several of the characters had been hit by the stupid stick <laughs> on more than one occasion. Um, we'll get into specifics on the commentary. Um, but yeah, I, I, I did like, obviously, uh, the, the ending, uh, which was quite nice. I was quite disappointed by this episode. I didn't think it, it lived up to the previous one. Um, I was, I, I thought it was quite um, badly written and like Swithin said, the logic was all over the place and uh, once again Stephen Moffat's sexism in his writing came through here, um, not just in superficial instances with Jennifer saying, oh I need a man to do this for me, which was absolutely terrible and shouldn't oh, have been in the writing that, at all. That was her playing up to Rory, I but think. It wasn't she... too... Did she have to do it in that way, and did they have to present Rory as being attracted to her because she was being meek and submissive? Um, I thought that um, the reason that Rory was so sympathetic to the flesh was because of his time as an auton, but it turns out that no, he was just thinking with little Rory, um, which, to be honest, isn't fair on him and isn't fair on Jennifer as, as a villain. And um, the reveal of Amy as a sort of as a, a captured as being captured was um, very disappointing. Um, once again, you know, she's she's a passive object that the men have to come and rescue. Um, the whole pregnancy thing is very iffy. Also, um, it's it's a trope in sci-fi I could really do without. And, you know, it, it was very disappointing and frustrating again. Um, we've had it before with, you know, the uh, only thing River lives for being the Doctor, um, denying her any agency of her own, even though she's supposed to be this cool female character. We're having it now with Amy being a sort of uh, a princess to be rescued. And we had it with the way that Jennifer was manipulating people. Um, it was Matthew Graham who wrote this episode, uh, by the way. So uh, if you, uh, just uh, not that uh, that necessarily exonerates Stephen Moffat, but uh, share the praise and blame with yes, you. Yes, well, it's a trope that's existed throughout the series, and Stephen Moffat is in charge of the series, and the ideas that he's expressed in interviews, um, out independent of sort of the writing of Doctor Who, have been very. Um, Disheartening for me to read as a female fan. What do you What do you think, Stephanie? Uh, well, I've, I've not read any or many interviews with uh, Moffat beyond you know, the the very basic publicity um, materials. Uh, but I'd be very interested to hear um, you know, what Olivia's got to say on that as we go into the uh, <laughs> as we go into the commentary. In terms of uh, Amy as an object, as a, as a prize to be rescued or won. Well, I I really don't know. It depends how they handle it next week, I think. But uh, I'm still reeling from the twist, to be honest. <laughs> I, it's, I don't think I'd ever have described her as particularly passive. Um, although she was rescued uh, in the Impossible Astronaut. But I'm, I'm rambling at tangents here. <laughs> mm. Yeah, uh, well, I think it is more complicated than that because she, she's generally presented as a stronger character than Rory, I'd say. Um, and, yeah, so I, I'm, I, it's perhaps a bit less straightforward than that. But 
One of the things uh, I liked about the first episode was that it had a nice big science fiction concept. Uh, one of the commenta- commenters on our blog, Cardiff Dove, also likes that and apparently doesn't like the silly fantasy, which I'm, I'm rather more sympathetic to, but I did feel that perhaps the, the concepts got a bit lost in just running around and uh, again, the moral stuff was a bit badly handled. <laughs> yeah, it was reminiscent of the worst parts of Fear Her, which was Matthew Graham's previous outing, which was Let's run around with the Olympic torch flame and all go, Yay, humans, we all love you and we all hold hands. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I quite enjoyed Fear Her up to that. Well, this is what it died. That's the thing. Is, I, I quite like Fear Her, apart from that bit, mm. which was the bits which came out of the woodwork in this episode under the cuff floorboards and... Uh, Okay, well, let's get started on the commentary. If you're watching along at home, press play now. So a very brief recap of last week's episode. We never did find out why they were mining this acid, did we? Or where this island was supposed to be. And they keep referring to where they are as a factory, and they're not a factory, they're a mine. Yes, or a well of some sort. Yes. Get your terminology right, Doctor Who. (laughs) (laughs) And the acid just seems to be appearing in this vat in a particular cellar. You'd think they'd have some kind of pumping equipment, and they wouldn't have to manually go in and clamber over the top of it to try and lift things out. You'd go in with a bucket. (laughs) Yes. It's the 22nd century, you'd think they'd have robots to do it, or... Something. Well, well that, that's the point. They've got gangers. <laughs> well, yes, true. Something a little. Robots would be less morally ambiguous. Robots would have improved this episode immensely. <laughs> <laughs> Everything can be improved with robots. <laughs> I still think that was quite an effective end to the previous. Ganger Doctor movie. freaks me out. Yeah, he's just creepy. At this point, what do everyone think of the um, the referencing of previous doctors? Uh, such as we've got the first part of the neutron flow is uh, is John Petrie. Do we think this was worked quite well? Do you think it would just confuse most people who have not that back catalogue knowledge? I was thinking it did seem quite a fanish thing to do. Oh, I I don't think it was particularly necessary to the storyline in any way, shape, or form. It was just there as an indulgence, but it was a brief one, and I think it was quite effectively handled. I think it had its place within the story, and the Doctor explained what was happening for people who, who wouldn't know. Mm. I quite liked the uh, the uh, reference with uh, Ten's voice, and then the Doctor saying, no, we've moved on, <laughs> um, which I, I thought was quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah oh, the, the yeah. red-eyed Doctor screaming at the screen was perhaps uh, unintentionally funny rather than scary. <laughs> I've had days like that. I'm sure the screen captured on Gallifrey Base are having fun captioning uh, that particular shot. <laughs> uh, Doctor Who does provide some great funny screen caps. <laughs> I follow a blog on Tumblr called Stupid Faces of Doctor Who, which uh, <laughs> daily shows me stuff like that. I suppose, thinking about it, Considering uh, the deception that the two Doctors set up that plays out through the episode, this and establishing the Doctor's previous regenerations and experiences and memories 
um, surging their way through the gang of copy is it could be considered you know, fairly important in the long-running storyline just to prove that he does know absolutely everything and he's not just mm-hmm. a pale copy which raises some interesting questions about Amy's ganger mm-hmm. um, I mean I assume that like her ganger wasn't uh, sentient the same way that the other gangers were because hers wasn't activated by um, a solar storm uh, the way that the others were but after a whole episode of Gangers of People 2, it was quite weird to see the Doctor just melt her. Yes, I was, I was quite shocked at that. Well, she's a casual disintegrating of Amy. I think she was basically the same as the Gangers were when they were attached to yeah. the mm, thing. So, yeah. so, so, then, but the flesh itself, even in its dormant state, was considered a living entity. Mm, by well, the this is a primitive version of the technology, whereas I think Amy's probably a much more advanced one and it's it's pretty impressive that uh the um signal between her marriage to keep going even when they left the universe in the <laughs> good point Shush. <laughs> well the tardis has always had very Ooh. good mobile reception so uh, yeah yeah Mind you, the TARDIS was doing all kinds of crazy things in that yeah. episode. So I, I thought it was perhaps slightly out of character for um, Amy a few just a little bit ago to be uh, wanting to know if they've got any big guns. Uh, it seems a bit militant for one of the Doctor's companions to be like, what should we do with these things? Um, I don't know, we've never really seen what Amy thinks about that kind of thing. I thought it was more out of character for her to be um, sort of against the gangers. I mean, yeah, had well, that... the, the whole both together seemed odd mm. to me. I mean, there was that episode, um, oh, in Victory of the Daleks, she helped, you know, she helped Bracefield to become human uh, through the power of love. Power of love. And, well, she, she dated an Auton. <laughs> no. I'd Definitely. completely forgotten about this wall with the eyes in it. The, the, oh, eyes yeah. aren't, the eyes aren't here at the moment, but the spaces where the eyes will be are already there. Oh, that's, that's true. Was, was that addressed? Uh, it just said that they're accusing us, oh, let's just move and not look. Because I, think she was, I think she was putting the flesh there that grows into the eyes. Oh, oh. Okay. That, that, that makes a little bit more sense. Still a little bit random. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Not the most constructive use of time when you're trapped on an island that's slowly disintegrating under the weight of Assy. Oh, psychological warfare. Don't mm. underestimate it. <laughs> <laughs> Freaky eyes looking at people. Um, the, the, the scene of the two doctors talking to each other a moment ago was quite fun in the way they oh, interact. Yeah. And yeah. So, each other. I liked uh, the way they handled that. It's 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 quite an old technique, uh, you know, the, the doubling up of the screen, having the same mm. actor play two parts. I mean, it, uh, it really dates back to oh, what was the Walt Disney film that first used it? The Parent Trap, the original version, oh, yeah. not, not the Lindsay Lohan one. Um, and it's become yeah such a staple of television and films since then that it's easy to forget that it can very easily go wrong. And I think a sign of its success is when you forget that you're watching one actor and you mm. do think you're just watching two characters uh, which the parent trap managed to do and i think they managed to do it albeit with far less time to play with in this i think definitely 
Um, I did like uh, Miranda's character arc in this episode. I thought the way that she went from sort of being very militant to uh, accepting what was going to happen, I, I like that a lot. Yes, she and she and her gang are sort of meet in the middle, don't they? And they're, yeah. they're one of the only pairs that do. And as opposed to sort of the direction of of this guy, which I also thought was quite quite good, I liked her. I liked Miranda's arc better because it was less obvious. It was that bit more subtle, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas, whereas, it was just like. Oh, oh, my my five-year-old child is having a birthday. Oh, I want to see him. I mean, if he was, he was like 15 <laughs> or like 16... Years yeah, from now, when your five-year-old child is listening to this... I mean, it's just an <laughs> instruction. I mean, if he had a 16-year-old child, I mean, like a son, I mean, I wouldn't have minded it as much because it clearly wouldn't be attempting to tug strings, which, of course, I yeah. don't have anymore because I burnt them. It <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> has no power. them with acid. <laughs> There is some use to it in the episode. In an industrial I, accident. I really disliked this bit because it was so heavy-handed. Um, especially when, when Jennifer <laughs> was like, I tried to suppress the memories, but now I know I have to remember. And I didn't quite get why yeah. she's suddenly... I, I got the impression that this might be down to slightly overzealous editing. Again, yeah. there, there might be a scene... Uh, or some sort of discussion or bit of internal monologue that we've missed out on. Yeah, I, th- I think we did miss out on, on something she, with she, Jennifer there. Yeah, she she, she do, does just seem a bit nutty, and there doesn't yeah. seem to be much development towards that. No, I, I wouldn't, if I were one of the gangers, I wouldn't be rushing to follow this crazy woman. No, I wouldn't either. With bad skin. With bad skin. <sighs> on a logic point, why do they all claim they don't remember themselves being killed, yet she does? Well, this is this is why I think we've we've lost a scene somewhere along the lines. Because yeah. that just seems an arbitrary point for saying, "Oh, I remember it." They keep killing me, except of course they don't. Because it's, it's a whole mind-body dualism thing throughout the whole episode, mm. which isn't really resolved particularly well. But that's in, intrinsically what the episode's about. Well, I suppose you could argue, and they did cover it very briefly in the first episode. At the point of a ganger's death, a safety system kicks in in the array in which the human original is plugged in um, so they're aware of what's happening and they have the memory of dying and then they wake up a little like the Cylons in Battlestar Galactica but they don't feel any pain because the system won't allow them to so perhaps when each time a ganger is created they do have access to those memories but they're somehow blocked oh okay, okay they, that, they would have access okay, to that, that that's feasible I'm, I'm <laughs> making up a little bit of my own narrative you win a no prize <laughs> a Marvel no prize <laughs> yep. um, I, I tell you Double Doctor was freaky <laughs> I liked Double Doctor Double Doctor was good it was the best thing yeah. in the episode and I, 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 I like Bob that the me. Doctor completely doesn't have a problem with it he's like oh it's really cool it's another one of me <laughs> but then again I suppose the doctor is used to meeting himself anyway even though I, yeah. I don't think he's ever met one of his, mm. his own current incarnation but I, he could theoretically I suppose Gallifreyans have a different conception of identity and mm. what makes a person mm. humans anyway so he, he would probably be cooler with it um, but, uh, I, I think some mention has to go to Karen Gillan for her response to this her acting this scene does just inject that slight note of discomfort yeah. we can quite sympathize with why she's freaked out that her best friend is suddenly two distinct people i i do like um karen Dillon, especially in this series i think her acting has been pretty great mm. i wonder what they're scanning for 
Um, like, I know they're scanning for people, but yeah. how are they picking them up? Well, the generic sci-fi sensors. <laughs> people. Bio-signatures. <laughs> they just put Rory into the search yes. engine. <laughs> <laughs> You've inadvertently brought up a slight problem with the series. You refer to Doctor as uh, Amy's best friend. Well, that's how she describes him in the Yeah, episode, but it, it, it just doesn't... The fact that she's married doesn't seem to come across at all. It's like, oh, it's Rory. Uh, but then tags along. She, she always runs to him and hugs him when they're reunited. Um, yes. when, when he burnt his hand, she kissed it better. Um, she, I just think that... She, it, she, it, I, it seems like token bits it ends in bits. It does seem a little bit... There doesn't seem to be an awful lot of natural chemistry no. between the two actors. Although that scene where she was kissing his hand better, little moments like that, I think if they dropped a few more of those into the stories as they went, it would just help build up a sense of a real marriage being lived out. Mm. Mm. Well, I think it's part of Amy's character that she's not very good at expressing her love to yeah. Rory. Mm. I yeah. think she's just... Sorry. I, th- I think she's just kind of standoffish that way. And and Rory's a big bundle of awkward, so I don't know if he'd, if he'd be that comfortable being all, like, handsy no, in front of other people. I think it's just the contrast with how she deals with the Doctor and him and the, the relative time together seems to be mm. I think she thinks the most um, incongruous really now here's our first hint that uh, the real Jenny is not the real Jenny oh, she keeps telling us that uh, she's gentle Lucas as well which is thoroughly irritating throughout mm. Um, mm. you think the lady's off protest too much mm. <laughs> she's now, human. It, it was at this point that I was seriously beginning to consider the possibility that all of the human crew were gangers, as, as we discussed last week. And it might, might, have been, yeah. might have been a repeat of Moon, and each generation of gangers just has their memory of the previous generation wiped. And I, I do think Matthew Graham deliberately allows room for that theory to develop. Although it is right to some extent, because Amy is not human. Mm. Oh, no, true. So is it kind of, <laughs> There can only be one. Yes. <laughs> Islander episode. If this had ended with Ganger Doctor, I don't know, having a sword fight with real Doctor, yes. that would have been a hundred percent better. Well, I, 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 I used to chop off Ganger Doctor's head. Yes. Because it had been publicised and hinted at that this episode ended on a cliffhanger for the next story. So I was beginning to wonder whether, particularly with some of the later scenes, whether we actually would have. Um, the gang of Doctor running off and becoming a John Smith, the the renegade, um, mm. like, like the evil Riker from Star Trek: The Next Generation. He could meet up with Ten Point Five and Jenny <laughs> and form his own club. <laughs> yeah, the Society of Almost Doctors. Doctor yes. Clones United. And uh, do- Donna. And the, do- the do- yes, Doctor yes, Donna. Oh yes. If you think about it, there's quite a few, like, the Doctor's getting very careless leaving copies of himself <laughs> everywhere. He needs a good lawyer to stop this copying of himself. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> needs uh, some better digital rights <laughs> management <laughs> on his DNA. I thought this was a good scene where Amy asks what she thinks is the ganger Doctor to um, uh, take the place of... Uh, the future doctor in dying, mm. so he now knows, knows from her mm. uh, what's in store for him. Although this did kind of disturb me, because this meant that the, the real doctor, the one that Amy loves and trusts, lost it, pinned her to a wall and screamed in her face. Mm. 
which mm. is a pretty terrible thing to do to someone. But even if you're trying to make a point about tolerance, acceptance, and understanding. Um, I don't know, actually, Matt Smith would be more interesting than Ravi's think. Yeah, see, it, cool. I, uh, this did have definite overtones of the Sylvester McCoy era. I like, was thinking, see? definitely. Mm. I like this bit. I think it creates a bit more of a um, unpredictable doctor. Yes, he's not supposed to be safe. No. Mm. And... And he is willing to put his companions at risk mm. if it means that the greater good is protected. Yeah, I think it is interesting you realise just how much he has known what's going on and has been investigating it without telling Amy and Rory mm. his suspicions. Yes. And if he knew that Amy, or suspected Amy was a clone, it does make sense that he wouldn't tell her because of the likelihood she's being monitored at the other end or whatever. Mm, yes. Quite a way to roar there wouldn't have, wouldn't have harmed <laughs> our matters, would it? Yeah. Speaking, speaking of Rory, we're, we're about ten minutes into the episode and yes, no, no, no Rory! I, I was thinking as I'm watching it, we did go a long time. Oh, you don't know, it's like a desert. <laughs> <laughs> I, am, I am a little disappointed that uh, the one part of the episode that doesn't seem to have been built up from last week's is Arthur Darville's part. He does get a little bit to do, but not mm. quite as much as right. I hoped. Yeah, and the whole thing of his autumn mm. yes. isn't I'm brought in. Was, that, that wasn't talked about. It was a complete wasted opportunity. Mm. Like I said, instead of having it be with sort of Jennifer, I don't know, flirting with him, playing on his insecurities, if he'd have, if they'd have used the fact that he you know, used to be an autumn so understands their dilemma... I think that would have been really clever. Mm, yes. Instead of insulting and angry making like it was. <laughs> yeah. I was so angry I couldn't think of a proper word. Speaking Here of Rory, here's, here's, here's Rory. Rory. With a big stick. Yeah, what are you going to do with that? I got so excited when I saw that stick. I thought, he's going to hit something. It's going to be great. You know, he's going to do something. <laughs> The last time he did that, I think, wasn't in the Vampires of Venice. He started attacking yeah. his stick. Yeah, that was fantastic. Yeah. He did like that. Episode. Uh, you've got the two of them. Ah, yes. Inevitably, in any science fiction fantasy episode yes. that features copies, there's going to be a scene in which two of the same people turn up and say, she's not the real so-and-so. <laughs> Shoot her. I think there's some kind of law. <laughs> Although Rory didn't actually have any decision to make in the end because they just attacked no, each other anyway. Started oh, oh, my knee hurts. Yeah. Oh. Well, to my shame, I didn't realise what was actually going on in the in that scene. It's like, oh. mm. while, we're on, while we're on the um, the subject of Arthur Darville, uh, it's probably worth mentioning that he has all but officially announced his departure this past week, hasn't he? I'm holding my judgement until he officially announces... Mm. Um, although I think maybe by the end of the series it could be time for Amy and Maury to, to leave and yeah. get some new companions. Obviously I'm very attached. We, we <laughs> haven't had any companion last more than two seasons yet, have we? No. But uh, no, just, just to, for, for those of you listening who might not have seen the new stories, Arthur Darville has been interviewed um, about his role in... What's the name of the play? Olivia? Why are you all looking at me? <laughs> It's Dr. Faustus. Dr. Faustus, thank you. At uh, Shakespeare's Globe in London, and he's going to be... The play runs all through next year when Doctor Who would ordinarily be filming. Uh, so we've had no so word from the BBC. So when? 
again, I'm looking at Olivia. I don't know that. Okay. Because <laughs> I have heard, uh, that I have heard rumours that um, uh, filming um, the 2012 series might be in the autumn, and so filming might start oh, later. Oh, really? Oh, okay. So there's I've, a chance he could come out. I have no idea how. Um, I haven't been. I've been avoiding any spoiler forums and stuff where right. news of that sort is likely to ah. circulate, but I did hear on the grapevine something to that effect, which might be complete rubbish. <laughs> but I, I, I do believe he used the words, in talking about playing Rory, um, having moved on from Rory mm. was, a, was a big step. Um, so it sounds as if he won't be with us next year. Yeah. But it's sad, but that's what happens. Hopefully there'll be other... Um, male companions now that sort of Rory's opened the way mm. um, maybe some more companions that aren't in love with the Doctor or a male companion who is in love with the Doctor why not <laughs> just some more variants in companions that aren't a pretty young girl from modern day Earth who's in love with the Doctor alien companions alien companions I thought you have a companion that the Doctor's in love with who isn't in love with him wasn't that uh, well, he was never in love with Donna. I yeah. don't know. Mm. I always thought been. there was a bit of chemistry there. <laughs> I think the doctor was in love with himself by that point. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. <was> quick. Yeah. <laughs> Buzzer doesn't really get much to do. No, it's a no. shame really, because I quite like Marshall Lancaster and he's mm. quite a good actor, but... Yeah, um, he was a bit wasted in this Yeah. One. Sounds like the second series of... Um, like on Mars, <laughs> but at least uh, he had at least he had Ashes to Ashes to look forward to. I then never yeah. saw it. Oh, Ashes to Ashes! By the time Ashes to Ashes finished, it was better than Life on Mars. Was, was it? The final Ashes. series of Ashes to Ashes was. It was perfect. very good. Okay, it was. Excellent. It took a while to get that, but yeah, it was very good. Mind you, if you think about it, I was getting angry about Rory like just going along with what um, Jennifer was telling him to and that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, but this makes me so angry. Guns. <laughs> I yeah. did like that bit because that was <laughs> stupid and funny. But, it was quite pathetic at the same time. <laughs> yeah, so that, that, that's Rory's charm. Yeah, Rory is stupid and pathetic, but also kind of awesome because he's a bit pathetic. So the ganger doesn't have clearance to use the uh, the technology, but the perfect stranger who's just yeah. arrived on the island does. Yeah, this is the high security military. T- Compound. This is this is why you have user IDs and passwords, not yes. biological protection <laughs> systems, <laughs> or and biological protection yes. systems. I can't remember what I was saying before I got distracted by Rory being. You found something annoying. Oh yeah. Rory. Well, in on some level it makes sense because he's a companion, and companions their role is follow along with what someone else That's is sense. doing. See, Smithen and I were chatting briefly last week, I think, before we started recording about uh, the different companion dynamics that you can have in the show and how they change. Mm. Um, And I'm very much of the opinion that three people in the TARDIS is the ideal number. You have the Doctor, who's the brains. You have uh, normally a male character, such as Jamie or Captain Jack, who's the muscle, who will get into the fist fights and do the epic stunts that it's not really appropriate for the Doctor to be doing. And then you have the heart, who's... Traditionally, a younger female character, Amy Pond in this case, or Victoria, if you want to. Mm-hmm. Zoe. Yeah, so you had the second Doctor, Jamie, Victoria, or Zoe. You had, um, briefly in Christopher Eccleston series, you had Christopher Eccleston, you had Rose, you had Captain Jack. 
Um, whereas here you've got the Doctor who's the brains, you've got Amy who's the mouth rather than the heart. <laughs> and, but Rory who's the heart. Yeah. Um, but trying to be the muscle and failing. Well, maybe Amy's the muscle. Amy could be the muscle. She, she's, she's gotten into fights. Well, um, River often plays the role of mm, the muscle, the sort yeah. of action figure, sort of with the gun ready to shoot, a bit like Captain Jack in that respect. Mm. But it is nice that we've had a move away from just the Doctor and a single female companion. Mm. Yeah. Which, I, which, because I'm, I'm a child of the 80s, and so that was what I grew up with. That still, to my mind, is the norm. But it is nice to have a bit of flexibility in the TARDIS crew. Mm. I couldn't decide if I liked her knowing the code word or not. I did. It, yeah, it just was... emphasised the parallels. Okay. It, it was yeah. logical. Yeah, I was thinking, well, um, surely she should ought to have thought to uh, choose something inspired by something that had happened since the other gang was created, something that yeah. one of the people she knew had mentioned, so that it would be something that the other one hadn't thought of. What yeah. on earth was this? This is, is, I'm sure I've seen this in a horror film somewhere. <laughs> have you guys ever seen Pushing Daisies? There's an episode where someone was murdered and then left on a, a searchlight and their body melted into like a, a fried egg and that's what that reminded me of. <laughs> but like, <laughs> it was very strange. It's just completely random. It's like, oh yes, we've got discarded flesh. We're going to put them in like vaguely like bodies at the bottom and we're all going to go, oh no, isn't it evil and awful? We need to rise up. Why didn't they just, I don't know melt those bodies using, I don't know, maybe some corrosive substance that they have lying around <laughs> and just avoid all this. But the, why is Rory not getting in the least bit suspicious that Jen is suddenly on the side of the flesh? Well, Despite the fact that she's supposed to be human and has just destroyed the evil flesh copy of herself. Well, to be fair, he got pretty shocked by the seeing the pile of rotting, like, mm. half-dead flesh. Maybe he assumed that the same thing had happened to her. Ah, mm. yes. Good point. The thing is with the flesh, though, is the whole point they actually have some sympathy with them is the fact that they're supposed to be human. So, presumably, in their non-humanoid flesh form, we frankly don't care. Hmm. I it's, don't know. It's, it it's, it's just animate goo. It depends on how far your empathy goes and how how sentient that flesh is. If, it, if it's still uh, a living, thinking, possibly able to talk person. Oh, uh, pun. <laughs> <laughs> But just the way the whole episode is constructed, it gives you no sympathy, necessarily. I mean, you've got to do a bit of a leap of logic to actually think, why do we care about discarded bits of bad well, semolina? It was it was implied that they, they still feel what's going on, mm. so... Yes, that one, they still seem to yeah. be conscious. Yeah, because I, I thought... It kind of gets hinted at, but I thought it would be developed much more that the flesh as a whole, that the bodies were being recycled and it was developing a consciousness of its own. But mm. it didn't really, I thought it, that was where it was heading, but it didn't really develop yeah. that. No. Um, so, oh, dear. This, this oh, was hilarious. You see, this bit before was magnificently creepy before you show what she's doing. Dun dun dun. I watch my mouth. It goes even bigger than Sherry Blair's. <laughs> now this is really 
this is really proving the point of uh, I'm not a monster. You are. <laughs> <laughs> are, are you though? <laughs> uh, see, that's stolen from uh, the Mummy movies, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it reminded me of like a and that's Japan- stolen from something else. A Japanese horror monster, <laughs> like with the dark hair and the very pale face. Especially and, at the end, yeah. actually, with the yeah the lank yeah. black hair. Yeah, that's and a very, very good the point. Times of the Grudge, maybe. Mm. But go on, sorry, you you were telling us before before we started the commentary, um, you've been a little disappointed by some of Moffat's um, uh, interviews. Yeah, I mean, obviously I can't quote him word for word, um, but uh, there was one particular comment that really disappointed me: um, the idea that uh, women are the ones who want to settle down and have babies. Um, I remember one from an interview a while back that um, made me quite cross. I don't have any examples to hand. I don't carry them around with me. <laughs> but that was one thing that made me very angry. And sort of the, the, the ongoing way that he has treated Amy. Um, for example, the, the short where um, Rory was distracted by looking up her skirt. And it was uh, yes. it was implied to be Amy's fault mm. that, uh, for wearing a short skirt and not Rory's fault for not you know, keeping control of himself. I don't agree with that. I don't think it was implied it was her fault. I thought it was just well, a, situ- a, a funny situation it, that arose because they're a married couple and they take that sort of interest in each other. It's not particularly funny when Auroranicus Pondicus, yes, fan of Roman Rory. That's good. <laughs> Although that wouldn't be his name, technically, in Roman naming traditions but anyway um, it's not very funny when you remember comments about uh, women getting raped because of the way they dress I think you're taking that a little too seriously mm. um, well I I personally do take it seriously because it's something that happens to young women my age and is, is a situation that could conceivably happen to me yeah but that clearly wasn't the, the context in which it was taking place and I think as Caleb pointed out it was more of a a funny situational comment rather than I, I, rather I think, than yeah so him was saying you're taking the um, sort of humour of uh, the space and time skit too seriously not that you're taking the way women are treated too seriously obviously but that's a serious issue that humour makes a joke of the idea that women can be blamed for things that happen because of the way that they dress which is an underlying attitude that not only comes across in this space and time skit, but is also associated with a whole lot of darker things. So it's hard for me to laugh at that because it brings mm. up a lot of different associations. And intent isn't magical. Just because it wasn't intended to be offensive doesn't mean that I personally can't find it offensive. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it was implying that, though. And let's get back to the episode. <laughs> um, because I'm sure that nobody tuned in wanting a, a big, serious roundtable discussion of... <laughs> Of feminism oh, I and, uh, and rape culture. <laughs> I, I, I think they like it. Swithin's a feminist of some long standing. Oh, I'm a feminist. I wear skirts. Too much information, yes. Swith. Anyway, changing the subject back <laughs> to the moving swiftly back on. To the commentary. I did like Angry Rory. Uh, it's good to see him back. Yeah, it's good to see him being serious and having serious things to say. Mm. Mm. I didn't understand what the doctor's plan was at this point at all. It was like switch with ganger doctor question mark question mark question mark <laughs> nearly get everyone killed Prefer- profit maybe, maybe he just prefers his shoes well he, he he was obviously planning on using this phone call to 
uh, try and bring everyone to their senses mm. uh, type thing. Yeah. That's quite a nice drawing, yeah. the planets where everyone is always. I do like Sarcastic Eleven. I like Slightly Crazy. Yeah. Unbalanced Doctor here as well. Uh, yeah, and, 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 and I was wondering, would they possibly do sort of Dr. Clone going a bit doolally because he's unstable mm. and having that as a storyline? Yeah. Could that be one of the game-changing things that you've got um, Mad Doctor on the loose? <laughs> Mad uh, Doctor. Mad <laughs> Evil Doctor or whatever. He face himself at the end. I want to know why that acid well in the basement is dissolving. Yeah. Surely it should be acid proof. You've got yeah. acid proof <laughs> lid on it. Why is the acid eating its way through? Counterintuitive to have a non-acid proof acid well. But then again, our acid proof pipelines and acid proof suits don't appear to be particularly acid proof either, so... Mm, perhaps um, you just need to rethink this whole operation. Maybe then... Sorry, maybe they're not really an acid mine. Maybe it's just, I don't know, somewhere where the government says people it doesn't like. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's all just constructed for some sort of tax loophole, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like um, play.com shop, yeah. uh, sh- shipping things yeah. from Jersey. If you ship acid. <laughs> acid. There's no import tax. <laughs> if, you're, if you're playing Moffat Bingo at home, by the way, you can cross... Innocent heartstring tugging child off your off your list. Heartstring tugging, more like irate inducing. I want to shoot him at this yeah. moment. Why? Why? It was. It was before. It was like, it was like oh, the, the bells have gone. It's a Chinese midnight. Oh, it's my son's birthday. Yay! Shut up! Go away! You I don't cynic. like you. You cynic. Oh. The, the point is the problem with the mon- big problems with the episode is that this. Too many peripheral characters for trying to do arch with who you frankly don't care about. So you just put a couple of lines in to make it seem vaguely logical the way they're behaving. Then somehow you're supposed to have empathy with them. Mm. I think I it, just... it did pile an awful lot onto its plate. Why didn't they stop her running away? Like, they knew she was going to do something terrible. Hmm. Uh, they, there was an awful lot of people escaping and other people just standing around watching them run away <laughs> in this... In these, these two episodes, I, I, I did think. I mean, uh, this guy here, Dad guy, you've got the human one uh, uh, getting zapped by acid, uh, his energy to no way. But um, it's remarkably convenient that they end up with only one of each person <laughs> by the end of the story, including the Doctor. Well, like, although we are, the, there is an implication that uh, the Doctor and the uh, the boss lady will. Make a reappearance. Dragon. Well, it's, there, there, there's an awful lot of talk about we can come back from this, and your molecular structure can survive the melting down. I think that was just extra stuff like Jenny coming back to life at the end of the Doctor's daughter. I don't know if that'll ever really be expanded upon. Oh, I hope not. I, yeah, me too. <laughs> uh. Talk about other gang of um, the characters. What was the guy who coughed all the time? Didn't cough oh, at the, all. The, the sneezing. Yeah, sneezes like. He was sneezing throughout. He's barely in the episode, to be fair. Yes. But I thought that would be significant to some extent. The um, fact it was, perhaps, say, perhaps they couldn't actually give many lines, so they just 
the director just had him sneeze <laughs> to remind the viewer that he was actually there. It's just like the replacement like... for the um, for the half. We're not going to give him dialogue. We're just going to make noises instead. You can sneeze. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like Christopher Lee and the Scars of Dracula. They <laughs> took one look at the script. It's like, a way of <laughs> distinguishing the yeah. two, whether from head to cold. Oh, okay. okay. Or maybe it's like everybody in this episode needs a quirk so we can establish their characters quickly. You're a dad. You're a horrible woman, but you turn good. Yes. You're suspicious and you wear your suit jacket unzipped. Then, <laughs> You're going to cough. Yes. There's no comeback for her having uh, killed uh, the ganger in the first episode. She's, uh, no, that's a... true. Oh, it was a ganger, who cares? How <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you not understand the episode? <laughs> How could you? It, uh. it does mean that it doesn't in- seem to entirely carry through yeah. uh, consistently what it's trying to get across. Mm. It's kind of weird. It's me. You've stolen a necklace from somebody else. (laughs) Why aren't you wearing it? Why why do you look like a weird Sontaran dude? Cross with a Jafar. Daddy, why are you talking about yourself in the third person? (laughs) (laughs) That's it. This this week's Confidential had a feature on the body doubles that they used uh, for... Uh, yeah, for Matt Smith and various of the others. Um, I've been told you, I, I did see David Tennant's body double a couple of That's years ago when they were, when they were ah. filming uh, The Idiot's Lantern a couple of streets away from here. Uh, this was a nice scene, the transformation. Did it, it just reminded yeah. me of the end of Lost in Space, which is truly terrible. <laughs> Remember from the 90s, same time, came out the same time as Godzilla did? Yes. The monster yeah. at the end is identical to this. <laughs> Um, oh, spiders. I, I thought the whole CGI gang or uh, tentacly uh, thing worked a lot less effectively than um, the makeup. Yeah, yeah mm. definitely. I, I definitely think less is more when it comes to Doctor Who CGI. They, they didn't at least have the sense to go out of focus as she transformed. Yeah. yeah. And you'd only get a few flickering glimpses of her at a distance at this point. And it's, then you get the closer. The closer <laughs> yeah, spoils it. I think. I think the problem is, is that you get this weird creature's body, but then then a still fairly human face on top of it. Why on earth did he sh- lock himself on the wrong side of the door? Very good question. It's lucky for them that the TARDIS fell through then. <laughs> yeah, that's very convenient. Yeah. Good old dependable sexy, as they say. Yep. Mm. Uh. Uh. You might be interested to know, though, that David Tennant's body double looked nothing like David Tennant. Didn't he? He was called upon... You remember the Idiot's Lantern, where the, the Doctor rides and Rose ride around on a TARDIS blue Vespa? Yes. They, they'd parked up on the side of the street, you know, with all the bunting and the, uh, the tables out for the coronation party, and they filmed David Tennant running, jumping onto the Vespa. They cut. They called over the body double, which is a man of about 40, bald with a cigarette hanging out of one corner of his mouth, a massive great beer gut, and all... <laughs> he was he was a foot double. He wore the same trousers and had the same Converse shoes oh. on. <laughs> they filmed him kick-starting the Vespa, just a close-up on his feet, and then he walked off, back to the trailer, and that was it. That was David yeah. Tennant's body double. Well, I, I Whilst guess... David Tennant was standing two metres away watching this, why on earth they couldn't get David Tennant to kickstart the Vespa is beyond me. <laughs> I don't know. Because yeah, the double they used in, um, uh, what's it called, uh, Stolen Earth, um, 
when they have the two doctors oh, running yes. around in the last episode, uh, they had one who did look like him yeah. for that. Oh yes, no, for the full body double, I, I, I dare say, uh, you, you need a proper but, resemblance. But for a foot double, with, 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 with this scene here, and you've got the whole toing and throwing. Um, why couldn't the real doctor have used the sonic screwdriver to melt uh, Jennifer? He and Rory could have held. Uh, the door. It's, if they hadn't done all the hugging and goodbyes and oh no, I must be the one to heroically sacrifice yourself, they'd have had time to do that yeah. and he could have rescued everyone. Oh well, I suppose the um, answer to that is they had to open the door and put themselves in danger of Jennifer Monster um, uh, to, to use it and it took a little while for them for her to dissolve so I guess the point was you know, they'd be putting themselves in danger to do it. How about standing inside the TARDIS, leaving the door open, blasting her, closing the door and leaving? You still run the risk of Jennifer getting inside the TARDIS. Oh, that's hardly going to be a particular issue. She's going to start a screwdriver. Also, he seems to have a spare in the TARDIS because he blasts Amy with it. Yes. Well, maybe he keeps around a spare after what happened with the shark. Hmm. Well, yeah. I'm winning no prizes. <laughs> all, all of this dialogue and hugging and battles yeah. and voice, it just lessens the sense of tension and drama. Yeah, yeah they, definitely. They've been running and it had been a race against time to get to the door and get in the TARDIS, yeah. and then they stop. No, and you see if. Sorry. So, especially, why did they both melt when he just fires it at her? Because he didn't point it. It was a sonic thing, so it would have gone outward from the tip of the screwdriver the way that sound waves do. Ah, okay. But th- there is a slight difference in the direction, because when, when, when they zoom in on the Doctor, he's pointing it towards the camera at the monster. Yeah. But when oh. we get the over-the-shoulder shot, he's just holding it up. Ah, like okay. A line but why wouldn't just fight it straight at him? Why kill him? A wizard did it. Hmm. I hated this. I was just thinking, That's... the Doctor doesn't have to solve absolutely everything. Oh, he does when Matthew Graham writes. That was a little odd, yeah. Burst it, please burst it now. Oh, yeah. Swithin has a thing about the balloons. Go on, Swithin, tell us, tell us about the balloons. I, 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 I frankly can't remember what I said about the balloons. The balloon you haven't, you haven't said anything. I thought you were just. Oh, the balloon killed my All I thought at this point was I want that kid to be in the new Battle Royale film and his head to explode. <laughs> oh, That's very gracious of you. Tell us what you really think. We've got the Welsh Assembly building here, which is uh, here, Morpeth Jensen, the evil corporation. Is this a comment on Welsh politics? <laughs> I hope so. Because <laughs> uh, BBC Wales is having a bit of a tough time of things at the moment with the whole fudged S4C deal and cuts mm. and everything. I don't know. <laughs> this was just awful. It was sweeter than like just eating a bag of refined sugar with aspartame and saccharin well, added to it. The, 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 I, it. It does annoy me when you get the doctor spouting on about people being truly good at heart because um, um, surely he's had enough humanity, experience of humanity to know it's a little bit more complicated <laughs> than that. <laughs> That adult Hitler, he was really just misunderstood, wasn't he? Perhaps oh, I just dear. had a dodgy childhood. And now we've Godwin the discussion. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Mm. So here we go, we come to the interesting part of the episode. Yeah. Yes. Starts now. And then yes, now. actually. So if you haven't been listening, just listen now and, um, you know, this is the interesting bit. Now we come to the part that does rather overshadow everything that's gone before. <laughs> 
You, you think Rory would have mentioned, um, well, you can't go into labour and look like that. You know, mm. normally pregnant people are a bit larger. Yeah. Well, she has actually become pregnant in this episode. She got a bit fatter rather than the previous one. She hadn't. I, I don't really pay attention to Amy's body weight, to be uh, honest. This is a nicely written little mm. bit of scene for, for Matt Smith, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was very good. Ooh. Ooh. Ah, the block, the signal, the revelation. Dun dun dun. <laughs> I was a little disappointed that he did stand away from her. Yeah, I was quite so readily. Well, then it would have been kind of traumatizing for her to burst all over. It would have been funny. <laughs> he, he could have been covered in porridge. He'd been covered in Amy. Been <laughs> 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 like, ah. Oh. <laughs> so right, I, I'm quite glad that. He, did, but I, at the I mean, same time, is, shouldn't have. This is just psychologically quite. Yeah. Mm, just them both stepping away from her. Yeah, she's all on her own. This, at this point, um, I kind of thought, is he going to kill just the child inside, or is he just going to, or somehow neutralise that as being a problem? But clearly not. No, no, I don't think the BBC <laughs> would go there. So. Well, no, no, sure. I, I, was I think the, B- the BBC wouldn't show like a, I don't know, no. Infanticide. <laughs> oh, there we go. Porridge. Oh, someone's going to have to clean that up. <laughs> Man, that must have been an awkward <laughs> conversation in the TARDIS. <laughs> and here we Oh, she's here at last. You're ready to mm. Women don't give birth fat on their backs, do they? That's not the ideal position for it. No, no. Normally, be the other way around. Uh, be on the front. Okay. Yeah. Um, on your front. I'm sure that's not the idea. No, no, no. On the, on the front of the ones. I remember seeing one born every minute a few times with my wife, and apparently that's how they tend to do it and like squat over. Yeah. A bit. That was I hilariously well. funny. Was that bit? Uh, no, that, that, was, that, was, that was horrible. That was, that was X Files actually. That was very. Yeah, it did. Very of a bit. Uh, I just thought body it was horror. I thought it was just getting so much body horror. I just thought it was quite interesting, but I'm quite sinister. Um, as you quite added. Um, and no next time trade with. No. no. Yeah, which is interesting. You have to go looking for it. Yes. Which I did straight after. <laughs> and then five consecutive times after that. Uh. <laughs> for obvious reasons. Are we, are we going to take a brief look at the next time trailer as well? Yeah, let's, yeah, let's, 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 let's do that. Let's get yes, that. let's do that. <laughs> Just a moment. Talk amongst yourselves at home. Yes. Trailer for episode seven. That's what we need. So. Uh, oh, River, you're yeah. so mysterious. Is she dressed as a pirate there? Or I thought she was a Victorian lady. No, it's, it's interesting. It, that's the that's logo... Omega that the priests had in Ah! spaceships fighting babies some figure for everyone Mm. fun for the family it's a very short next time that does look like it could be really good or absolutely awful (laughs) Uh, I'm sorry it's just one of those it's like they're probably nicking so much Star Wars and various other things Mm. you can do this well or you could just really badly. A good man goes to war. Oh, and man. a good man goes to war. Ooh. I, I, I am 
properly excited for the mid-series finale is there uh funny i i do think it is uh building up a much more interesting and involved ongoing story and i am quite excited about that and just excited about what happens next week and uh saturday does seem an awfully long way off i'm super excited um, I, I can't wait to see how this turns out. Um, I really enjoyed Big Bang, the Pandorica opens. Um, so I'm hoping it'll be on, on that level. Um, and also Roman Rory's back and, <laughs> and he's kicking butt. It's amazing. If he does come back, you know, badass, that will be worth it. <laughs> like, mm. I would just be happy with that. Yeah. I, I think I'm with Swithin on this one. There is an awful lot that could potentially go wrong, but if it goes right, I think it will be absolutely spectacular. Yeah. I'm, 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 I don't, I, I'm, I'm still kind of thinking... We, we're, we're, we're playing into the whole construction of the series here. We're not thinking how great the last episode was and how good it, on, its, on its merits. We're just talking about oh how it fits in with the art. I mean... Frankly, you could have cut this two parts and put like a, like a mini segue explaining Amy at the beginning. Didn't that fight ten minutes? Abolish the, abolish the pirates. And we could have like a three episode season. Well, for the Doctor's wife as well. And we said we'd a lot of time and it really got a bit better. I mean, it just, just, I'm just, I don't know. I just think that the whole, I, I, I just want to bring this up because we're going for the stronger art plot. Mm. We have had the problem with the arc. Yeah. demonstrated quite well and I think we shouldn't get away from that well I, I'm guess, guessing what basically you're arguing for is for more of a um, mini-series type approach where it's a uh, one ongoing storyline a bit like Tortured Children of Earth if they're going to do that then do it properly rather than because what can happen is you end up having filler episodes which is, frankly this was which basically hinge on being good on a twist, which well, hits in with the main arc. I, 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 I don't know, because I think it's it's unfair to call them filler, because it, it, they are trying to do both, and they are trying to tell stories that are interesting in their own right. They are, but they, they, they haven't. I mean, that's... I mean, not to say they couldn't, but that's the way I'm feeling it. Because no. I, I think, I mean... The Doctor's Wife was successful in standing oh, on its own. Yes, that did. I, um, I left that, as I said, that on, yeah. on its own with that. I think that was quite interesting. And then obviously we had the thing at the end, which was the whole arc thing with the line, which was quite interesting as well. But that, is, I think, was the, is by far the best example of the non-heavenly arc episode. Yeah, but... I think, obviously, anything written by Neil Gaiman is going to be a cut above uh, stuff written either side of it by mm. your average British TV writer, uh, just because he's a much better writer than well, the I, I most. say that I've not been a huge fan of him, um, particularly. But it, 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 all, all I'm wishing to point out is the general pitfalls of doing a, heavily, a more heavily arc season. And we and we seem to have thus far fallen somewhat into them, um, and so I, I am having seen that because I haven't seen the trailer before. Going back to that, it does look like it does look quite exciting, and I am looking forward to the Saturdays. I just wanted to not <laughs> skip over yeah. what we can quite easily do, which I think is pretty much what they wanted us to do. But I think taking uh, 
the rabble flesh than most people on its own merits. It was fine, it was atmospheric. I think it lost its way in the second part somewhat in terms of telling its own story. Right. Of the uh, arc twist did um, sort of redeem it somewhat in ending it on a high note, but yeah. I, I felt the actual stuff with the gangers and things was wrapped up rather messily. Um, it didn't do justice to uh, to the concept. Oh, no. Totally true. Look, I don't want to dampen everybody's enthusiasm, yeah. but I, I just think we can overlook... No, I, I, I think that what you said is, is completely true. Um... <laughs> Indication. <laughs> Even James is coming around to the I'm actually right <laughs> as well. This is no, awesome. you're wrong. Um, wrong, wrong. I think in this instance you are right. Um, I I I think that this series so far has not been as good as series five. Um, personally, I haven't enjoyed it quite as much. Um, uh, just for me personally, what I, I prefer the standalone episodes with um, nods to an overall arc, but that can stand as self-contained adventures. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't want to rewatch any of the episodes so far, except maybe the Doctor's Wife and um, possibly the beginning two-parter. Um, maybe when I have a clearer idea of what's going on. Um, but right now, it, it's too heavily. Series, series based, and um, I think that um, I just haven't enjoyed it as much. I've actually enjoyed it more for having more of a mm. ongoing story. See, I think I have, but I, I think I have, but just the whole thing. Yeah. I see. I, I think Matthew Graham had a very unenviable task in that he had to follow one of the single most anticipated episodes of Doctor Who for several years, written by one of Britain's top flight fantasy authors um, and then he had to pave the way for the mid-season finale written by the showrunner in which all of these threads have to be set up ready to be resolved that's very fair um, and he has to tell a capable story within that over two stories that sort of juggle the two he's never going it was, it, as from a writer's point of view I think that's a bit of a tightrope walk and I, th- I think he's handled it as capably as, as mm. can be expected. Yeah, that's a very fair. That's a very fair comment. But he just shows a problem with the structure. Mm. And, and and I think um, it it does show that uh, Fear Her was also written under quite difficult circumstances. But under uh, given more space and time, Matthew Graham has been able to deliver what is a very strong script in lots of ways. Mm. It's oh, yes. it's got uh, some flaws in. Uh, logic, but uh, I did think it it works quite well. E- even the um, uh, bit with the the boy and the dad, it was on the mawkish side, but it did make sense in terms of the drama, and it uh, it 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 worked uh, logically and in terms of the characters in a way that say Bracewell and the power of love didn't <laughs> uh, which Aww. was trying to hit the same kind of thing but didn't have the logic to um, ground it and to uh, back it up and this the power of love <laughs> <laughs> solves a lot of things stops you exploding and destroying exactly. the planet 
<laughs> it is a powerful thing. Okay, so I think that probably about wraps us up. Mm, I think we've covered pretty much every yeah angle, yeah. haven't we? <laughs> I hope so. Yes, from feminism through to Roman Rory and beyond. Mm-hmm. Indeed. So, thank you for listening. Join us again next week. Let us know what you think. And uh, yeah, bye. Bye bye. Bye. Goodbye. You've been listening to The Impossible Podcast. For more Doctor Who commentaries, plus other science fiction and fantasy reviews and discussions, please visit our website, impossiblepodcasts.blogspot.com, or search for us on iTunes. We'd love to hear from you. Please follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, or email us via impossiblepodcasts at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.